Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. First pitch is hammered out to deep left. It's at the wall. Gone! Two-run blast for Goldie. 3-1 St. Louis. And that is hammered into center at the wall. It is gone! Tyler O'Neill, three-run blast. That was fun last night. That was a good game. That was an entertaining game that had a lot of drama to it. Welcome into the show. It's a Wednesday edition of the Danny Mac Show. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That is Brandon Kiley, BK, Tanner with us as well. Good morning, guys. What's happening? What's up, Dan? Nice win for the Cardinals last night. Absolutely. Great win for the Cardinals. And they were being shut down by one of the better pitchers so far in baseball, and Freddie Peralta. He's flipping up sliders. He's got the fastball working. KK was fine. Bullpen gets overlooked last night. Was sensational for the Cardinals again. We'll see how that plays out tonight with Alex Reyes having two innings. And then Gallegos was extended a little bit last night. But as it pertained to last night, I'll tell you what, that is a signature early season win for the St. Louis Cardinals. It really was. It absolutely was. And I think it was kind of a tale of two teams, too, which is almost a microcosm of the season for the Cardinals in that one, because you had a starter that didn't go as deep as you would have liked to have seen. The bullpen is able to pick that guy up. And then you have an offense that went silent for the first eight innings of the game. And then suddenly Harrison Bader is able to manufacture a run for you. That buys you time. And that's all they needed. They needed a little bit of time. And it was enough. The Cardinals end up getting to the 11th inning. The offense turns back on. You get a couple of homers on the board. That's what this team needs. They're 20 and five on the season when they hit at least one home run. And that's exactly the recipe for success for them. So the Cardinals were able to get out a win last night. Two hits through the first 10 innings. Two. And as you mentioned, uh, the key, I, I thought it was one of the key multiple plays that Harrison Bader made last night. But first pitch against Devin Williams in the eighth. He's ready for it. There's your base hit to left. Also, in that inning, we're going to go through it here. Matt Carpenter, where he takes a borderline 3-2 pitch. I don't know how you take that pitch. He did. Went in his favor. I could have seen him get punched out, too. But it went to his favor it's a key walk in the game according to Mike Schilt pro at bat you know real pro at bat what Carp does is a big asset you know some nights a lot of nights off the bench you know quality at bat by Carp so then all of a sudden it's first and second you get a fly ball into left center Lorenzo Kane comes on he makes the catch and they had pinch run with Lane Thomas for Carpenter at first base Bader takes a chance tags up from second to third but that's his speed BK yep paying off and Lane Thomas to his credit trail runner has a good read he winds up at second base all of a sudden you get the sack fly by Dylan Carlson it's a completely different game and a lot of it had to do with base running you know we can work on it but you know players out there in real time uh, being able to slow the game down check the outfield be aware of the situation and then um, react and trust what he sees and trust his prep so very nice job by Harrison. And the Cardinals get a pair of home runs in the 11th. They blow the game open. Goldie two-run shot. O'Neill the three-run homer. Goldie talked about that eighth inning as well. Bader got on. You know, Carp did a great job, you know, getting a walk. We were able to, 
you know, get them over and, and get them in without, you know, getting some hits, you know. And then I had a chance to tie it, you know, get another one, didn't get it done. But it's a great job by those guys. And Yeah, great job, period. They, As you mentioned, BK, rightfully so. They bought themselves some time. They got into extra innings. All of a sudden, the big guy comes through. Arenado hit a double. Then Tyler O'Neill, he's going to walk into home runs. You know, yep. you're, you're just kind of... You're like, ah, Tyler's, you know, one for his last 10, and boom, there it goes. Three-run blast, and they the game's out of reach. And that was a shot. Oh, it was a mammoth that blast. Wasn't just, that wasn't just a, you know, line drive. No, 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 no. That was an absolute rocket. Um, I want to give a lot of credit to Harrison Bader today because, man, that eighth inning. How about the defense, too? It was amazing. It really, like... He has completely changed the outlook for the outfield defense for me, Dan. I, I expect everything out there to be caught now. It's a surprise when it's not. Yeah. I He made a couple plays in the gap in left center that I'm not saying that Dylan Carlson doesn't get there, but Bader gets there with pretty much ease, and it, it wasn't easy. And he makes those plays, and Dylan Carlson's in a better position for him, which is in right field. What did he do? He had a sliding catch huge in that game. You know, it's just little things adding up defensively for this team. And that, Tommy Edmond now is now able to play at second. That's right. He had a couple of nice plays last night as well. Absolutely. So when you have those things fall into place and you get the kind of pitching they're getting, you're going to win a lot of games. Harrison Bader talked about the key to that game in terms of what they're doing, it's the, the five runs and the extra innings, obviously standing out, the defense, the base running, a little bit of everything. It's just a matter if we have the ability to just turn that inning over. You know, on defense, we trust our pitching, we trust our defense. We have the ability to just buy ourselves another half inning. You know, we can we can have an explosion like that of, of five runs. So, um, you know, just the, the identity of this team, starting with the coaching staff, all the way trickle down to the players, obviously, of just, just that relentless effort and just going out there and, and playing until – until the umpires say there's no more baseball. And I think what we need to really focus on, not only Bader, and I'm with you, I thought unheralded in the game last night because you get the the big home runs. He was great. But the Cardinals bullpen, the bullpen last night, I mean, five and two-thirds, one hit, no runs. They did walk four. They struck out six. If I'm going to have a complaint this morning, I, I guess I would just say to Alex Reyes, if you can try to throw more strikes and make it a little less interesting, I'd appreciate it. But, man, has he been good. No one hits the guy. So the only time they get on yeah. base is if he walks somebody. They don't hit him. And I, I give Kisner credit. What happened at the very end of the game? Six straight sliders. He was struggling to find release point, whatever the key was for him with his fastball. They call time. They go out there. And what happens a lot of times with pitchers, they will ask them to throw off-speed pitches because you stay back on it. Like, just mechanically, you do it. Flips a slider in there. Nasty. Next one. Nasty. Next one. Nasty. And they go, okay, well, let's do it again. Three straight. Boom, boom, boom. Adios. Game over. He was awesome. I think Kisner's a really good game caller. Like, I'm willing to just go there at this point because... He seems to find things that work for these pitchers. And if it's working, he's going to stick with it. He did it with Carlos with the cutter. He's like, okay, that's working today. We're just going to keep on throwing this bad boy. Ended up throwing like 31 of them. It was the most that he had thrown in a game, I think, in three years. Yeah. And then in that one, to finish things off, okay, yeah, Reyes, this this slider's working. The four seam, it's like 70% balls last night from his four seam. We're just going to go ahead and stick with the slider. Let's go there. And it worked. And it was able to get them the win last night. I think we got it. You mentioned the bullpen as a whole. They deserve a ton of credit. Andrew Kisner coming in in that situation with a runner on second to start the inning. He just came in to, um, because Yachty had been pinch run for in the previous inning. Ton of credit to him as well. That was 
there are moments where you have a true team win, and that's what it's going to take in the playoffs down the road when yeah. this team gets there, and they're going to get there. This is a good team. How about Tommy Edmond blocking second base on Huge. the stolen base attempt? That was a team win. That's... Every single person had some sort of an impact on the game. Paul DeYoung, a great play, uh, de- stealing what could have maybe been an extra base hit. Yeah. A um, couple things I want to get into on the managerial side, and I set it to be uh, BT off the air before he hit the home run. I said, boy, I'd really think about walking Goldschmidt Arenado here. I know that's, you know, kind of out there to do that, yep. to load the bases up with one out, but would I rather face those two guys or DeYoung with the bases loaded? I think I'm going DeYoung. So I, I was curious about that move. The other move was with how the pinch running situation evolved with Molina. I thought that was interesting, too. And I, I think what Mike was doing, Mike Shield at that point was saying, if Tyler O'Neill puts the ball in play, it's going to be a double or a home run. And so he's going to score anyway, and I want to keep Yachty in defensively for extra innings. The way I would play it, I probably would have started Kisner at second base. Or if I'm going to go with Amundo Sosa and I'm burning my bench, I'm burning him there, not at third yep. base. Now, when he got to third, I understand why he did that too. Got a guy that's overcooking some sliders, can score on a wild pitch. But it was interesting. I mean, it was just a lot of moving parts, and I can see both sides of how the managers played it. It's not right or wrong. It's just how you play it. It It's just it makes it fun. It's all of that, and then in the 11th inning, I could listen to an argument of, hey, do you go back to Reyes up 6-1 to one when he had, I think at that point, like nine pitches that he had thrown? So if you didn't use him in the 11th inning, maybe you've got him available today when you don't have probably Giovanni Gallegos. And Hicks is not available I was to okay you right with now. That. Be- I was too. <laughs> I could understand the argument against it. Though. Totally. I, I think what Mike is thinking at that point, we have battled our butts back with two hits to get to this point, And my best bet to win this game right now, I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But my best way to win this game is Alex Reyes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not taking any chances. I was okay with that. I, but I totally see your point because he's probably burned for tonight. Gallego's burned for tonight. So you may see... Cabrera for Cabrera, sure. Maybe Ryan Helsley, who did pitch yesterday. You know, those are the guys that you probably look at tonight. Maybe Elledge. Cody Whitley could probably give you an inning if you needed it. And hopefully you don't. I mean, that's the way you have to look at it. So, but yeah, the man, the moving parts, that's what makes this game great. When you have a tight game like that with two teams that are going to be going back and forth, you would assume all season long. I think, did the whole 26 man roster see the field yesterday? For the, pretty close to it in terms of the other bench than, players. Yeah, all of the bench players got onto the they field. Burned, the, the entire bench was burned. And you had four relievers that caught into the game as well. So, yes. I mean, that that was as close to a 26-man roster victory as you can get this early in the season. It's good stuff. Do you want to visit with Brad Thompson? Yeah, I can, if he's available. We, yeah, we can get him. Yeah, if not, we can just keep chit-chatting and go to the text line. But we can get Brad. I'll force him to come on the show. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Really good conversation this morning on uh, Carriker and Smallman. They had Bill DeWitt III, the Cardinals president, on. The Cardinals are uh, approved now to increase capacity at Bush Stadium, ballpark to roughly double capacity. Minimum three feet distance between seating pods that'll begin, ironically enough, against the Chicago Cubs May 21st. Remember, the Cubs were not even here one time last year, so we'll see them uh, for the first time in well over a year come through Bush Stadium. So that's good news. Also, uh, the Cardinals have started up from 9 a.m. till so right now to uh, four o'clock every day, starting today, tomorrow, Friday. 
you go get vaccinated, you're going to get a couple of tickets to an upcoming game. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I love that the Cardinals are getting involved with this. I wish every sports team was doing this, college, pro, I don't care who it is. If that entices you to go get the vaccine and go do it, then go do it. Uh, but it's a great way to do it. Um, so that is happening right now. And they asked Bill DeWitt the third BK, this morning. I don't know if you heard the interview. It was great. Absolutely. And for fans that didn't hear it, but one of the questions they did ask him about was, is there a potential reunion with Albert Pujols? We've certainly had some internal conversations about it. Of course, how could you not, right? Um, but, you know, I think right now we, we really like where we are with the team. I, I'd hate to... Um, take at bats away from anybody right now I, I think we've still got people that we want to see what they're all about you know younger players etc so you know I, I think right now it's 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 something that we haven't really entertained you know I think that if this was at the end of the season it, it might have been a different conversation and you never say never but but right now we kind of we, we, we like where we are. Interesting a lot of things I take from that and the, the first thing is just the baseball side of this it just doesn't add up I mean it's it's tough to bring him in when you're in May and he is not going to play every day you don't have a DH he's not going to play anywhere else on the field outside of first base the other way I look at it too BK is that and I've watched a lot of his games if he gets a base hit not a home run but a base hit you gotta you gotta burn another guy probably to pinch run for him not all the time but a lot of times so I guess from a baseball sense to an extent it doesn't make a lot of sense Maybe. Now, I could also make the case where it does, where I could say, well, I look at the right side of my bench, right-handed hitters, and I say, where's the pop? He gives me some pop. Now, the other part I could also say is that, well, as I just mentioned, we're opening up. Cardinals approved to increase capacity at Bush Stadium. From a business perspective, he's going to sell some tickets, and it'd be pretty cool to watch him one more go around wearing number five in St. Louis. So there's a lot of things on the table. I look at it. It just doesn't look like it's a match, at least for the time being. So you agree? I I do. I hear, I hear everything you're saying and it all makes sense and it's all fair and it's, it's well reasoned. I think the place where I still believe that it makes sense for the Cardinals and this is, I can only speak for myself. I, I understand that I, first of all, credit to build it with the third for giving an honest answer. He yeah. knows this fan base has been talking about this over the course of the last, whatever, five days. And he had an answer ready to go. Hey, listen, have we talked about it? Absolutely. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Of course we've talked about it. He does not believe, the team does not seem to believe that right now it makes sense. He also did not shut the door on, hey, if this is still a possibility in August, September, maybe at that point it will make sense for the Cardinals. But right now for him, it doesn't. The place where I would just personally disagree is I go back to that last spot on the roster. And this would require Albert Pools to accept a role that he has never accepted before, which is as a bench player that's coming in for maybe one pinch hit per game. That's it. That's the only opportunity he would get. And that's, I would love to hear a conversation with him. Same. And and where he says, I'm willing to accept a bench role. And if that means going to the National League and I'm not going to be a problem, this is, I accept the role. I want to, I want to be uh, a part of the team. And this is just my role at this stage of my career. If I heard that, then I'm, I'm saying, well, maybe there is a shot. And I think the only place that that would make sense is here. Um, now if he's saying that I want to get to 700 and that's my goal, then all bets are off. Then it's, it's just, it's the two, two way street, you know, it's got to make sense for the team and for him. And the only way that, at least in my opinion, that makes sense is with an American league team. Agreed. Either you're a DH or there's a first baseman that is struggling or hurt or whatever the case may be. 
but that's it. But I got to hear it from him first. What are you willing to accept this particular role in baseball? The reason why I still think it makes some sense for the Cardinals, and it does take what you're just saying. It takes something from his end as well. Because I look at that last roster spot, that last bench and spot I'm, that the I'm Cardinals have right now. I'm a little bit on this, yeah. And John Nagowski was not used very often whenever he was up. But when he was, he was coming up in significant situations more often than not. Now that role is the guy that you have on the roster for it is Lane Thomas. Well, he got called up on May 6th. We've seen him twice, two times since May 6th. He has played a total of two innings. I was going to say three. I thought it was two and left and then yesterday that's pinch right. ran. Yep, that's it. That's yeah. all he's done so far. So it, are you telling me that Albert Pools is in a more valuable commodity with that spot on the bench? He's not a more valuable commodity than having Lane Thomas, who's played three innings since May the 6th. I, I would just disagree with that. I think Albert Pujols is a more valuable commodity, and it's not like he'd be expensive. It would be at the veteran minimum. That's all you would have to pay prorated over the course of the rest of the season. So for me, I still think it makes sense. I think he would be a good addition. I think it's all of the things that you said. It's the business side. It's the fact that he would help you as a right-handed bat off of the bench. He brings something you just don't have right now. And the other thing that he brings is in that clubhouse i think he's a really good guy to have around Nolan Arnato went on his zoom unprompted and said that's my favorite baseball player you hear anybody that is a part of the angels organization past or present they will tell you how great of a baseball mind albert pujols is having that guy around the team i think would be a good thing but all of this goes back to what you said at the beginning he would have to accept a role that he's never accepted before. So if he wasn't going to accept the role with the angels that gave him 240 million dollars <laughs> I, unless I hear it from him, I'm just left to speculate, sure. you know, why would he accept that role in St. Louis with the exception that this is different? This is not Pittsburgh. This isn't Texas, Cleveland. I don't care where you, any team you want. This is St. Louis and the love affair between Albert and the fan base and vice versa. It's, it's about as good as it gets with an athlete. If you could possibly bring him back. And so I think this would be the only place that maybe he would accept that unless he finds out that no one wants him unless it's a bench roll with a certain team and they say, well, we'll give you some at bats. And he goes, okay, if that means that's the way I stay on, then I'm, I'm going to do it. But I still go back to the, the, the point is he believes he's an everyday player because if he didn't, he'd still be in Anaheim. I agree. I don't think Anaheim viewed him that way oh, anymore. Of course not. And I don't know that based on all of the things that we're seeing written publicly, Dan, I'm not sure there's any team right now for sure that views him that way. Now, I bet you the way this goes, I was a little, I jumped the gun a little last week where I was like, hey, I think this is going to happen quick. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for a team to evaluate what, they, evaluate what they have on the roster right now, find out, okay, do we have something internally or is Albert Pujols a better everyday option for us? And if a team comes up that views him as a better option, maybe then he signs with them. But I'm just not sure there's going to be one. And we get a text from the 618 says, guys, next year with the DH, that's when it would make sense for the Cardinals. See, I actually disagree with that. I don't think Albert Pujols at this point in his career is an everyday player. I don't believe that it's going to be a very hard sell for me to believe that next year going into the season, the best possible option for the Cardinals at DH is Albert Pujols. I don't think that makes them a better team in that capacity. As a bench bat, though, he absolutely does. Right now, he is better than your right-handed options coming off of the bench. And so I'm just looking at it pragmatically as a pure baseball decision. It's hard. It's a hard sell for me to believe that that will be the case next year. What do you think uh, it would mean in terms of tickets sold? So it's a good question. Um, 
So do you guys think that this they're going to open it up around 30,000 people? Do you think we're we're at that threshold right away, whether Pujols is here or not? I think so. I think they're based on what we've seen thus far. I think the the starvation for Cardinals baseball and to go out to Bush Stadium is such that there will be enough fans to be able to go into the stands to make it basically full capacity every night. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on your games, your ratings. Maybe at the ballpark, you're hanging around till the seventh or the eighth when he might get that shot. That's something to think about. It, it's just it's fun to talk about. I mean, it's. I never thought we'd be in a position that we'd be saying that Albert Pujols has a chance to come back to St. Louis. I, I just never thought that would happen. But here we are, and I, I'm with you. I, I still, though, go back. If if he is, if he's not going to accept a role with the Angels and be a bench player, why is he going to accept it anywhere else? The team that and the, the relationship that he had with Artie Moreno. They gave him $240 million, a game of 10-year personal services contract. I mean, they rolled out the red carpet for him. Obviously, this is a nasty ending to that relationship. But if he's not going to get it, you know, is St. Louis that special to Albert to accept that role here? And only he can answer that. No one else can. And we haven't heard from him yet. So who knows? The one, the one thing that I would say is the Cardinals are in the advantageous situation here that the Angels were playing against a bunch of unknowns. The unknown for Albert was, hey, I bet you there's somebody else out there that would give me an everyday role. You guys might not be willing to, but somebody else will. Well, the Cardinals are in a good spot where he's going to find out. Maybe there is another team out there that's willing to give him an everyday role, and then it becomes a conversation for Albert of, hey, what would you prefer? The answer is probably play every day to chase 700. I, I get that. But if there's not, if there isn't anybody that comes calling, he now knows, oh, the league doesn't view me that way anymore. There's nobody out there willing to play me every day. And then I've got my old team, the the place where I was beloved and am beloved, that's willing to give me a roster spot. Maybe I can earn a little more playing time. Probably not, but maybe. In, in his mind, I would imagine he's saying that. Does that make sense for me? And I think it would. I, and that's, that's the one differentiating factor that I would go Just into. Just the St. Louis factor. It's that, and it's the fact that he has been told no by 30 different yep. clubs. Yeah. And with the Angels, he, would t- he was told no by one. The one that he was on, and that's all that he could know at the time. That's the only information he had, and then he had an unknown mystery box on the other side, and the mystery box may end up being the same box that he was already in, where it's a, it's a bench roll. It's, you just didn't know it at the time. It is so interesting. We'll see how it plays out. we we'll probably get some resolution to this in the next few days, I would imagine. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. With Danny Mac and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's the Danny Mac Show on 101 ESPN. And Dan, we're going to get to Brad Thompson here in just a minute, but I want a my goodness meter from mm. you if we could. All right. This is breaking news. It's some big news in really? the world of entertainment as well. Ellen DeGeneres has announced Cutting that she is planning to end her talk show in 2022. <laughs> this is a bombshell. Yes. This is a bombshell right there. To hell yes. Season Rarely seen hell yes. right now. 18 years she's been doing that? Season 18 right now. It'll be season 19 will be her final one with the Ellen DeGeneres show. She wasn't nice to her crew, right? So there have been some rumors of that. Yeah. There's uh, It's been a rough go of it over the last six months then you to gotta a move year on. for the Ellen show. You got to move on. It's, but it's over. 
Cut it short. It's over. When your entire shtick is, I'm the nicest person in Hollywood, yeah. and then it comes out that the uh, the culture on your show <laughs> right. is toxic. Yeah, it probably ain't great for your show. Yeah, time to move on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm just so locked into Benefer right now that it's been hard for me to take on other other types of I would uh, entertainment. BT's doing the same thing right now. Hi, BT. How are you? Good morning, hey guys. Uh, I was doing well, but now I find myself shook with this Ellen DeGeneres news. I had no idea. This caught me off guard. So if, uh, if this is a rough interview, just know that. Uh, uh, it's my emotions, and they're getting the best of me. Understood. Hey, thanks for coming on. You do such a great job on the games. Uh, we had a cancellation. I said, I want BT on. And, of course, you popped right on. You'll be on the game with me tonight, and we'll be on Bally Sports uh, pregame at 6 for Game 2 of the series with the Cardinals and the Brewers. I do want to get your thoughts on your former teammate, Albert Pujols. I, I know you guys have talked about it on the fast lane. I'm sure you were listening to all the different reasons for, against, whatever, play it out. What do you think about Albert coming back to St. Louis? Yeah, well, I think that the fun part about this conversation is that uh, I agree with both sides of it. Like uh, BK talking about the fact that uh, you know he, he's a fit. There's nobody else that's pushing you off the roster. That you know that there there's nobody that's dangerous off this bench from that side of the plate. I would wholeheartedly agree. I think that you put him on this team right now. Uh, he's an upgrade, Dan. The point that uh, he needs to know what his role is and accept a role like that that ends up being part of it. You know, another one, and I'm sure that you guys have have thought of this one and talked about it as well. I don't know if you hit on it there. But I wonder about this from a Cardinal perspective, right? You bring back the legend of Albert Pujols, and now, right, with a lot of the season left, and you would bring him back, him knowing his role, exactly what's expected. He's a bench guy, not going to get a ton of reps, uh, but here's an opportunity to come back and win. But then what if things don't go well, guys? And then what if you are in a position as the Cardinals organization to then you have to release one of the best players to ever wear your uniform? I wonder if if that kind of goes into the thought process of signing him this early, too, of, hey, the, the break is clean right now. Let's not make it worse. Yeah. It's legitimate. I mean, that's another point. I, I think to the sentimentality of it, I, I wonder how you could – Skate. I don't know if skate through is the right way to do it. I mean, the guy's got five home runs and 82 at bats, so he, he's still got yeah. a little power there. Um, I also brought up this point off the air with, with BK, and I, I'm curious from a, a former player's perspective, but getting him back in this environment too. I'm not saying he's going to go out and hit 330 and, and 25 bombs the rest of the way, but it's going to be standing O every time he's there. People are hanging around the ballpark till the eighth or ninth inning to see if he hits. But he feeds off the environment and just getting out of where he was to come here, kind of a fresh start back where it all began. I, I wonder if that would play into this at all, or am I reaching too far? No, I don't think you're reaching at all, Dan. You know how this is. And I, like, I still believe in the magic of baseball, right? I still do believe that you get a guy in the right, uh, right spot for the right amount of time and magical things can happen. I, I do feel like with Albert, though, and this has been hit on plenty, and, and again, you mentioned a minute ago, it comes down to clarity, though, because – he needs to be clear on what his role is going to be on this team. There's not every day at bats, right? So if he comes in and he's like, ah, you know, just says whatever to, to come back, but then he gets around and Albert's here is like, ah, I want to play more, you can't have that. Like, you just you have to know what the role is and he has to buy into it. If Albert Pujols, the legend that he is, was able to buy into a bench role off the, you know, off the bench, pinch hit late, 
spot start here and there if a guy needs a breather, my goodness. I mean, you might end up having something ridiculously special. And not only just the, the bat, you mentioned the five home runs and 80-something uh, ABs. I mean, that's great. But the presence of having him around, having a living legend back in St. Louis, the energy that not only Albert would feel every time he takes the field, but the rest of his team, when everybody's going crazy, when that guy steps on the field, I believe that there would still be some magic left in it. BT, I was listening to a podcast to that point um, with Theo Epstein over the weekend, and he talked about one of the things that changed for him as a baseball executive over the years was his willingness to also consider team chemistry. Because when he first came into the things, he was like, you know what? Uh, no, go with the numbers, the, the chemistry thing. I can't quantify that. I Just get the best players. And then eventually he was like, you know what? This, this really matters. He watched what happened with the 0-4 Boston Red Sox. Backs against the wall. The team had great chemistry. That was clearly a factor for him. And so I do wonder, too, like with... Albert Pujols and you've got Nolan Arenado saying this is my favorite player ever. You've got Matt Carpenter who's played with him in the past. You've got Yachty and Wayno for at least one more ride here in St. Louis. What do you think the baseball conversations would be like in that clubhouse for guys like Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson to be a fly on the wall for when you've got Arenado and Goldie and Pujols talking ball before the game? I mean, I I feel like that's got to have a little bit of value in that room, too. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that for exactly what you're talking about, that would be a reason that if I had a roster spot on basically any team in baseball, I would be interested in bringing that guy in because of just that, uh, about uh, all of the learning that can be done and the camaraderie. But the camaraderie, to your point, BK, is totally different with the Cardinals with all of the relationships that he has there. And you mentioned like uh, all the knowledge that's already in the room with Nolan and Goldie. I remember when Tony was working with the Diamondbacks, Tony LaRusso, he said that Goldschmidt was as close as he has ever seen to uh, Albert Pools, which is about as high a praise as Tony is going to give a player. So you get those minds and then, you know, some of the younger guys in that room that have the physical ability to do it every single day, along with Albert, who could do it sparingly. Uh, man, I, I, I love it. I get more excited about it the more that I think about it. When you guys were, were talking about it, I was actually driving right past Bush Stadium at the time when you guys were having a conversation. And I was just picturing it. I was picturing number five trotting back out there again and the people losing their damn minds, and rightfully so. And I would love to see it. And I, I heard, you know, I heard Bill DeWitt from uh, from the morning. I heard, you know, heard his comments on it. And I, I'm glad that he addressed it and they talked about it because, of course, you're going to talk about it. But um, I, I'm going to until he signs somewhere else, or Albert says, you know what, I'm good. It's been a great run. I'm going to focus on my family. I'm going to focus on the you know, Pools Family Foundation, and that's what I'm going to do. Until that happens, I am going to keep my fingers crossed and be hopeful that they're still in home and there's still a landing spot in St. Louis. We were talking about the game last night. BT is our guest, Brad Thompson, and he'll have, a, I think, an hour with the fast lane, then uh, shoot on over to the studio and we'll do the game tonight on television. But we were talking about this being a total team win last night from Tommy Edmond, the foot at the bag, Bader's defense, base running, key hit, Carpenter walked, the bullpen was sensational, KK pitches into the sixth. You had just about everything, and then the two big home runs at the end. That was about as good a team win as the Cardinals have had this year. And, Dan, those are the type of games you have to know and have to learn how to win. And we know that the Cardinals ultimately ended up winning that game via the long ball, had a couple of them with Goldie and O'Neill. But 
you have to figure out ways to fight and battle until you get to the spot where you can actually hit them. And I enjoyed seeing that because those are the type of games that late in the season down a, a September stretch or in October, those are the games that you're going to be playing. And you're going to be facing people's aces. You have to figure out ways to manufacture a run, to get on uh, a guy on base, to utilize some of the skill sets that you have. And I heard you guys earlier talking about Harrison Bader, and I wholeheartedly agree. He has lifted this team since he's been up. And it's not just the sheer offensive numbers. He's quieted things in the outfield. Him pushing it, uh, the, you know, tagging up on the shallow fly ball to left center, like that was not a high percentage play probably, but he had the confidence to make a jump, and he did it, and it ultimately ended up changing the ball game and tied the ball game. So they had the chance to go out and win it. So I look at this ball club right now, and I'm not trying to like be hyperbolic and say they're, they're the, the best team ever, even though you know record right now uh, they're uh, amongst the best in the league, tied with the Giants. But I just don't see any glaring weaknesses, and I see a team that can beat you in multiple ways. I see a starter that can go deep, give you eight innings. I see a bullpen that can lock it down. I see an offense that can carry you in case your starter gets banged up. And I see guys that can utilize speed and utilize great defense and just smart baseball to find a little edge in a baseball game where you want it. So I don't know, ultimately, as we like look further down the road, what the Achilles heel of this ball club may be. But right now, they've got depth. They've got strength, and everybody is kind of, uh, to use a hockeyism that we heard a lot this year, everybody seems to be pulling the rope the right way and having fun coming to the ballpark. You can just feel an energy around this team. BT, when was the last time you were this confident about a Cardinals one through four in the lineup? Oh, gosh. I mean, probably, honestly, back when Albert was there. So, I mean, really, it's been that long because you haven't had two stars still in their prime since, you know, Albert Holiday is probably the last time I felt so good about those guys. But even the table setters. Berkman, I, I would say. Berkman, Beltron, Holiday. Yeah, that was a pretty good team. Carpenter was coming into his own. David Freeze was coming up being an all-star in 12. That was a pretty good lineup. Yeah, they were pretty good for sure. But it's been a while, right? When, yeah. when you have had two bona fide stars in the middle of your lineup that are still in their prime. And then, uh, like, I still believe that the sky is the limit for Dylan Carlson. I don't think that he is untapped what he's going to be hitting in the tool for the Cardinals. I think that we're going to see a lot of power there for him. And he's going to be able to keep the on-base skills. And you got Tommy Edmonds sitting right now with the, now the second most hits in the National League. Like, these guys have done such a good job of setting the table. I just don't see it changing. I don't see the, these guys uh, getting to a point where it's like, oh, okay, well, that was a flash in the pan. It's not going to work. We already know with Arenado and with Goldie, it's going to work. It's worked their entire careers. Those guys are going to be just fine. And I believe in the trajectory of the two guys at the top. So it's as confident as I've felt in a very, very long time. Uh, but uh, and, and when you look at the division, I like them better than anybody else's top four. With all due respect to what the Cubs can put together, and Chris Bryant is back to having his MVPS season, and I know the Reds have some talent. I'll take the Cardinals' top four in their lineup over anybody else's in the division. Hey, BT, thanks for hopping on. We appreciate it. Always great stuff, and uh, I'm sure we'll hear from you at, uh, what, 2 o'clock? Are you going to be on? You going to do an hour? 2 o'clock, yeah, I'll be in for at least the uh, the first hour, and then you and I will chop it up on the ball game and hopefully talk about getting to Brandon Woodruff. That would be nice. All right, that's BT here on 101 Thanks, ESPN. BT. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise.
Okay, guys, I'm throwing out something at you guys. Uh, the uh, Forbes list of this just came out this morning, I think. So it just came across okay. the hot wire. Who, including endorsements, who is the highest paid athlete right now in sports? I would including go, endorsements. I, that That's a big game changer for me because salary wise, typically these lists are led like the top 10 is soccer players. Right. If you're including endorsements, though, I bet you guys are going to be surprised. Basket. Okay, well, then maybe I'm, I'm wrong on this. Basketball is such a global game. I would go with LeBron James as my guy. He's got the sneakers. He's got the entertainment value. He's doing a ton of commercials. I would go LeBron James as my my answer to the the most valuable, the highest paid uh, athlete. T-Bone? I think LeBron would be the top one that comes to mind. If it's not a soccer player, to me, he's probably number one. So I would have gone Messi, number one. Then I would have gone LeBron. And I still would have gone Tiger because of That's endorsements. One, yeah. Uh, the number one highest paid athlete um, going into the whiskey business was the right move for UFC star Conor McGregor. Wow. McGregor was the highest paid athlete in the world at $180 million in total earnings, according to Forbes. Of that figure, $158 million came from sources outside the UFC. He only yeah, had he one, barely fought last year. one fight yeah. and he lost. And he's the highest paid athlete at $100 million, $180 million. Do they have the rest of that list? Like uh, top five? I've got Barcelona star Lionel Messi was second on the list at $130 million. Uh, Ronaldo was just behind him at 120 McGregor, by the way, was 16th the year before. He's number one this year. Uh, let's see. 32-year-old stands an example. Okay. Dallas Cowboy star Dak Prescott. Really? Big riser as well. Two-time Pro Bowler. Wasn't even included in the top 61 year ago. Moved up to number four at uh, $107.5 Being the quarterback of the Cowboys is a hell of a gig. That's a good gig. I mean, you look back at it now. Tony Romo, where's he at? He's in the booth. Troy Aikman, where's he at? He's in the booth. It's not just what you make while you're the quarterback of the Cowboys, because you can do very well, as you're seeing with Dak, when that is the case. It's also what happens after you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You are forever going to be etched in our memories if that is your position. So he earned $31.4 million from his one-year franchise tender with the Cowboys in 2020. And the off-season, so I guess they're including this. He signed the four-year, $160 million. Okay, so, so he got the, the extension bonus. that got $66 million in the signing bonus. Those are your top four paid athletes in sports. That's crazy. So McGregor, Messi, Ronaldo, and Dak, top four. I yeah. am stunned LeBron James is not in the top four. How is he not? It's absolutely stunning to me. So I he's making, what, 30, 35 have... maybe in salary probably? Yeah. He's making a max. So that's max 35. Contract. Yeah, I think it's like 38 for him because yeah. he's like a multi-year player. But yeah, it's it's up there. And I think he switched. Um, I could be wrong about this, but I thought he switched um, sneakers too, shoes. It's 39 million dollars this year for salary. Okay, 39 million. All right. See, Tiger was always big too. Now it was always funny when you'd say. Well, Tiger won like uh, 12 events this year and earned um, 14 million dollars, and you're like, what? 14, you know, whatever it was. Oh yeah, but then he earned 150, 180 million and doing a watch, doing a car, Gatorade, doing, Nike, Gatorade, yeah, Buick, was, yeah, everything. Who else would be your highest paid guys if you had to think about it? It has to be soccer guys. You got to think internationally. Yeah, if we're thinking just North American sports. I would say All right, let's Brady's, close it, let's Brady's close it to up there. North American. Mahomes, Rogers. But Brady doesn't make a lot in salary, though, does he? No, but he makes a lot in endorsements. Um, I think Durant would be up there. Durant would sure. be. 
I'd go basketball. Yeah. I would think Harper's got to be climbing up there, too. He's got some endorsements, and making, he's got a big contract. Yeah, making big money. Tatis will be the same, too. Eventually. Yeah, yeah that's there. another one. Huh. It's, All right. Interesting. Harden, I bet you, is higher than we would expect. He's got to do endorsements as well. Tomorrow, so. you are off. I am off. You're I'm leaving off me by myself. Friday, I'm closing on my new house tomorrow. We went through our final walkthrough yesterday. Everything looked good. Good. No surprises. Good. Which is great. They did leave us a couple of extra things that we weren't expecting, which was awesome. We Wait got till some... you turn on the sink and it starts flying everywhere. We it's checked be beautiful. it. It was great. Flush the to toilets. Go. Didn't check that. Need to do that. <laughs> oh, way to go. <laughs> Got to do that. We did check the dishwasher. Everything seemed to be working fine there. They Good. left us the uh, refrigerator, which is great. That's going to be very helpful. They left us some bar stools, which is awesome. We nice. thought we were going to have to buy those. That's great. Uh, now we just got to find a couch, Dan, and that's going to be tough. But now we'll you figure got, this thing out. Get a couple kids in there. No, 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 no. Get the no. dog, Let's, hold cat. On. We've got the dog. All right. She's... She's a lot. But okay. She's All right. Well, I'll be tomorrow uh, solo. I think I have a pretty good guest. A um, few guests. One of them will be Jack Nicholas. So Jack Nicholas will join us. Heard of him. Yeah. He the, also probably made a decent amount of money back in the day. You know what? He has raised. Oh, my goodness. Has he raised money for children's charities? Absolutely. Which is one of the things I want to talk to him about. Jay Delsing, going to visit with him and going to visit with Nick Ragone from the Ascension Charity Classic. So great event coming to St. Louis. Want to promote it. Want to make sure people know about it and get their tickets for that. So Jack Nicholas, Jay Delsing, and Nick Ragone will be our guest tomorrow. You've been listening to Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. To be your best every day, You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.